1: I'm listening is Odyssey's commitment to mental health conversations. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, depression, anxiety, or mental illness, help is available. Call or text 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's 988. As we speak, over 3 million Michiganders could lose Medicaid benefits.
0: It helps tremendously in that fact, if I didn't have that, I might have thought about taking my own life.
1: The good news is that the benefits aren't simply going away. So what's going on here? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Medicaid is a federal program that helps provide health care coverage to those residents who qualify. It was created to assist low-income residents and there is no age requirement. That is Medicare. Medicaid isn't just handed out. You have to sign up and reapply annually. Well, that was the case except during the COVID pandemic. The next voice you'll hear belongs to Dr. Raynu Tippernini. She is not only a medical doctor, she's also a professor at the University of Michigan's medical school.
2: At the federal government level, there was a lot of concern that if people didn't have health insurance, it would be difficult for them to get a lot of health care services, but primarily to be able to get testing and treatment related to COVID care. There were other pieces of the legislation at the federal level that helped facilitate that, but having health insurance to be able to do those things was a priority and, you know, in many ways remains a priority. I think the temporary nature was always tied to the public health emergency declaration, A lot of us didn't even anticipate that three years later we would be ending the public health emergency now. I think many of us thought it would be earlier. And so when this was initially enacted, people thought it would last for a shorter period, but it didn't. And so now it's three years later, the public health emergency declaration is about to end. And so for the first time, people will have to re-enroll that haven't had to do so in many years.
1: Starting today, March 31st, that automatic renewal expires. So those who want to keep receiving those Medicaid benefits will have to reapply. For Dr. Tippernini, this is of great concern. She's worried about those that might fall through the cracks.
2: I think there's a big concern that for the 3 million or so people in Michigan who currently have Medicaid coverage, that if they lose that coverage, they'll see a lot of negative consequences both for health care and for health. On a health level, you know, people who don't have insurance are less likely to access care because that would be paying completely out of pocket for things like doctors' visits, tests, even preventive health care like cancer screenings and vaccines. And then you can often see those, you know, ramifications of that. So on a health level, over time, we often see declines in how well people are able to manage their health conditions and then how well their health is overall. Some of the other gains that people have from insurance coverage when they don't have to pay out of pocket for health care is actually some personal financial benefits. The so trouble paying other bills may pop up again, you know, people have less money to be able to account for that.
1: As I mentioned in the headline, about 3.1 million Michiganders use Medicaid. That is not a drop in the bucket. It's a third of the state's population. It's people like Therese. She could be your neighbor.
0: I've had Medicaid since I moved back to Detroit and shattered my tibia two weeks later at the hospital they put in for an emergency application and I've had it ever since since then I've had eight surgeries three MRIs I'm about to have another surgery next Thursday lots of doctor's appointments and physical therapy and I've been in chronic pain for the last six years since my back surgeries and I wouldn't have been able to do any of that, not even doctor's appointments, if I didn't have Medicaid, because I I don't make that much money. I've almost always been living under poverty lines.
1: Folks will say, oh, these people should just get a job, or these people are deadbeats. And, and, Teresa, I know you work multiple jobs. This isn't charity. It's something that you need, and I think people get lost in that sometimes.
0: Right. I work six days a week at two different schools, and I'm still not making enough to cover everything Especially after inflation, because everything went up in price except wages.
1: I know there are plenty of people out there right now saying, so just fill out the form. Which, yeah, if the forms were simple and straightforward, that would be fine. That got me thinking. So I asked Dr. Tippernini, "Should we be teaching kids to fill out forms like this in school as opposed to teaching them how to play the recorder or to square dance?"
2: There's probably a lot we can do for early education about issues related to health care and finances. That's for sure, but I also think there's a lot of help people can get and are often not aware of in the community. and so I know, for example... There are other options besides paper. The world we live in is a lot of times easier to do this online or even over the phone for those who have challenges with internet access and using the computer. I know, for example, in the state of Michigan, people can fill out this re-enrollment paperwork online and the platform called My Bridges. There's also been a conversation about whether that can happen over the phone. And so trying to make it so it feels less intimidating than a thick stack of paperwork is one thing to think about. Um, Another thing is that there are a lot of um, supports actually in terms of what are called navigators, um, designated organizations and communities in the states that help people with enrollment and health insurance broadly, not specifically Medicaid.
1: And Therese is worried about these forms. In fact, she was surprised that she had to reapply. She had no idea.
0: I did just move to a different county and they're asking me to re-verify and update my information and everything. And I'm just really hoping I don't lose it. I'm not on any sort of other government assistance, although I probably should be or could be. But yeah, I, I have no idea what I would do without Medicaid.
1: Do you feel like there should have been more communication that this was happening, whether it was from the county in which you lived, the state in which you live? I mean, you said you didn't know until somebody at a radio station told you Do you feel like there should have been a little more outreach?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they send messages all the time. They could have prepared us for that, too.
1: The good news for Therese is that other than the sign-up, nothing changes. Is Medicaid changing as far as the qualifications that people need to meet that threshold, or is the only change, and I'm not trying to minimize the change, but is the change limited to having to sign up again?
2: The change is mainly limited to having to sign up again. In terms of changes in eligibility, what the criteria are, there hasn't really been a big change there. And so it's more that if you were eligible three years ago and haven't had to submit any updated paperwork, you know, if you're still eligible, it's really just a matter of being able to complete the paperwork. I will say sometimes it's easier said than done. And you already have talked about this. You have to be looking out for that in your mail. Sometimes it's a pretty nondescript envelope. You have to Take the time to go through the paperwork, sometimes needing access to financial documents, making sure to get it in by the deadline, which is often a very short timeline.
1: It is understandable why folks have to reapply for Medicaid. The benefits are based on life circumstances, and those life circumstances can change. Even though it does make sense, Dr. Tippernini is still concerned.
2: As both a doctor and a researcher, I'm really worried about the risks of not having insurance coverage. One scenario is emergencies. You know, you could get in a car accident any day and not anticipate that. I also think ongoing health condition management is so important. A lot of people have chronic health conditions that need regular doctor's visits, medicines, other types of treatments. And to go without those leads to worse and worse health risks. And I'm especially worried for those who already have chronic health conditions. For example, one group we haven't talked about as much is older adults who more often have Medicare as their primary source of insurance, but a lot of people have Medicaid as a supplemental coverage for Medicare. Without supplemental coverage, may not be able to afford the cost of care in terms of -of out-of-pocket costs. So I think The number of people involved here really reflects the range of people in our community.
1: I know we're talking about sheets of paper and government funds, but don't get it twisted. For Therese, this is a life-or-death situation.
0: It helps tremendously in that fact. I'll be very honest, because I've been in chronic pain with seemingly no end to it and no relief, that has put me in a deep depression. And there were several times in the past six years that I, I, I didn't know if I could go on any longer, not the way that I had been living. And so I have recently gotten medication from pain management and trying to come up with ways for my back to get better. But, um, yeah, if, if I didn't have that, I might have thought about taking my own life.
1: Sometimes you'll hear things like Medicaid called entitlements. But that's not fair to people like Therese. She works a ton, and her healthcare issues have made it hard to get ahead. Nothing she can do about that. And as she told us, there is no other option for a healthy life for her. Today's big thanks go to Dr. Raynu Tippernini and Therese for taking the time to chat with me. Check out wwjnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want The Daily J delivered right to you? Subscribe using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.